Okay, boys, so are you ready for chapter three? <coughs> oh, Wilfred, that's a bit of a cough. Wilf, you ready? Yeah. Cool. Okay, so I have to apologise. There is a bit of a cliffhanger at the end of this one, okay? Um, but that's all right, because we'll find out what happens in chapter four. Let's get going. Chapter three. James met Jenny at the cycle track in Preston Park on Sunday morning. The sun was out, bright and cold. They walked by a green fence. Half a dozen cyclists were doing laps on the other side. Jenny told James about the events under the pier the night before, and about being late back to the ice rink. Did you get into trouble? James asked. None. Jenny sounded a little disappointed. Grandma was more worried about being late for the restaurant reservation. So, we've got a battle between seagulls and pigeons, James said, and Archduke Crackwing is the reason that the starlings have left the pier. Maybe this king pigeon beat him last night and the starlings can now go back. It sounded like Crackwing was helping his nephew out, Jenny said. We don't know who he is, and we don't know that we want King Pigeon to win. He might be worse than the Archduke. There's another name too, James had just remembered. Countess Madeira. I heard it at Balfour after the starlings arrived. I wonder if Elf managed to get any information out of her cat, Jenny said. Perhaps Claudia knows more about what's going on. She didn't respond to my message yesterday. James stopped and turned around. He was about to say something else, when there was a movement in the bushes behind Jenny. Something small and grey, and tailless. It was looking at him. This time he didn't look away. The squirrel cocked its head to the side, then raised its eyebrows and walked backwards into the bush, still looking right at him. Let's go, James said, and sprang up over the small wall and into the bushes. Jenny didn't catch on immediately, but was soon right behind him. The squirrel moved fast and didn't look back, but it didn't climb any trees and kept to paths that James and Jenny were comfortable on. It led them out of the park, across a road, and up the driveway of a house which had been converted into flats. At the back of the driveway, it continued through a gap in a fence and through a bush into a large garden, and then it disappeared up a tree. James was about to start climbing, when Jenny pulled his sleeve, and he turned to look at the back of the house. It had a large area of decking, and on the decking sat Elf. She didn't look surprised to see them and waved them over. She was drinking something brown and steaming from a large mug resting between her crossed legs. Morning, Elf said brightly. Uh, hi, Jenny said. Is this where you live? She gestured to the well-kept white-painted four-story house behind Elf. It was pretty posh even by Balfour standards. Oh yes, my bedroom's in the roof, Elf said pointing upwards. Have you seen Claudia? she asked. No, we just followed the squirrel with no tail. It went up that tree in the bottom of your garden, James pointed it out. Nobody mentioned what little effect the dagger wound had caused, nor how the squirrel knew where to take them. I haven't seen her, Elf said, but she does spend time on the roof of those flats over there. She pointed across to a low-rise block, yellow-bricked with a flat roof. Elf led them inside. James and Jenny followed her up through the house. The decoration and furniture was strange and diverse. Some things looked like they belonged in a museum, and others on a scrap heap. 
James caught sight of a large black grand piano gleaming near the window in one of the rooms. By the front door was a small suit of armour being used to hold umbrellas. The wearer could have been no taller than a five-year-old. They finally ascended a tiny narrow staircase, almost a ladder, and came up through a trapdoor into the loft. Apart from the entryway, Elf's room turned out to be quite normal. Bed, drawers, desk and chair all purchased flat-packed from a catalogue and assembled in the room. The best part of her room was the view. Two large Velux windows gave a direct view of the roof of the flats and an even better view across Preston Park. If you stuck your head right out, you could even see the sea in the distance over the viaduct. Elf had come over from France during the summer and joined Balfour at the beginning of year five. Her parents dealt in antiques and spent much of their time back in France at auctions and sales. They were around at the moment, but James and Jenny hadn't spotted them on their walk upstairs. Jenny recounted her adventure at the pier. Elf listened with wide eyes and congratulated Jenny on her bravery. James listened from the window, staring out into the garden and the park. Is your cat black with a white nose? he asked, not turning back to the girls. Yes, Elf said, and she has one white sock. Elf and Jenny joined James. Claudia had come in through the same hole in the fence that James and Jenny had used. She was now sunning herself on the decking, licking a foreleg with long, deliberate strokes of her tongue. Let's go down there, James said, turning to head back downstairs. Wait, Jenny said. James turned back, and all three of them watched as a lone pigeon descended fast and landed ten feet from the cat. It bobbed its head a few, for a few seconds, then took off and sped over the park. Claudia immediately sprang from the decking, and in only a few long bounds disappeared through, a, through the hole in the fence. Come on, James said, leaping to the top of the steep stairs and clattering down. The others followed after. Elf grabbed a coach from a hook by the back door and called something back into the house in French, and then chased the other two older children out into the garden. James had made it as far as the hole in the fence and was about to go through. Hurry, he called back, but he knew it was hopeless. They had no chance of keeping up with a healthy cat, but they had to try. Jenny and Elf had stopped by the tree. James was going to call again when the squirrel with no tail scrambled down the trunk. It paused for a second and then continued across the grass to James and scurried past him and through the hole. Jenny and Elf hurried after it and all three of them pursued the little creature down the driveway and into the park. It seemed like the squirrel could have easily outrun them, but they always managed to keep it in sight. It took them through the park, under the viaduct, up past Preston Circus, and then up a little used flight of stairs that led to a small abandoned railway bridge that was now used as a footpath. When they reached the top of the stairs, all three of them panting from the run, the squirrel was nowhere to be seen. What now? Jenny asked between heavy breaths. There was a meow from the path ahead. Claudia, Elf said. She moved forward slowly and peered around an almost leafless bush. James and Jenny joined her. Ahead, the path crossed the bridge. It was one train wide, but narrowed by a planted border either side. Claudia was in the middle of the path, her back to the children. Opposite her, twenty feet away, was another cat, pure white, with a diamond collar. The white cat spoke. This is your last chance, Mistress Claudia, 
Give me the seventh dial that is mine by right. You have no more right to the dial than you do to wind, cousin, Claudia said. It was given to me by its owner, to do with as I see fit. You should be grateful for what you have, O Empress of the Six Dials. There was a touch of sarcasm in the way that she spoke the name of the white cat, but it did not produce a reaction. The owner is dead, and your time here is up. You shouldn't have come back. The white cat shook her head twice. The air stirred, and in an instant the railings of the bridge were thick with pigeons. The birds were big and mean-looking, and some were armed, with clubs, small swords, daggers, and flick-knives even, in their beaks. "'And you shouldn't have made a pact with the pigeon, ha!' Claudia leapt towards the empress as she shouted, her claws out, ready to scratch. Before she reached striking distance, a dozen pigeons dove between them. Claudia's fork-legs moved in a blur, and the air filled with fluff and feathers. The whole action lasted less than one second, and when it was over, the pigeons lay dead at Claudia's feet. The Empress hadn't even flinched. "'When my plan is complete, you will be dead, and I will be the ground ruler of Brighton. If a deal with King Pigeon can promise me that, then so be it.' And with that, she jumped high into the air and over the side of the bridge. Elf gasped, but the white cat had landed on a passing lorry and was speeding away up the hill. Claudia didn't try to follow. She was walking in circles, eyeing the pigeons on either side. The birds were moving from foot to foot. It looked like they were waiting for an opening to appear. They didn't look scared, despite the number that already lay dead at the cat's feet. Then, without warning, and together in one unit, the birds attacked. And that's what a cliffhanger is, because that's as far that as I wrote. It, is. it really is. Look, Can we see? the birds Pass attacked. It. Pass it.